0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly
1: and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So, you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI
0: life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and
1: positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGs of SCI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by WishArt Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex
0: spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury
1: community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life and a purpose.
0: They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay.
1: Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support Wags of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at
0: brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the Wags of SCI sent you.
1: This podcast is brought to you in part by Megan Williamson, head coach at Ocean Rehab and Fitness. Live life with an SCI and looking to improve your fitness? Or maybe you're finished rehab and want to take the next step in strengthening your body. Megan Williamson at Ocean Rehab and Fitness now offers online adaptive training programs and one-on-one coaching to individuals around the world with spinal cord injuries. Visit www.oceaninsiderclub.com for more information on how you can get started on achieving a stronger you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Brooke Pegier and Elena Pauly. We're super excited to talk to you about a fairly sensitive topic that we feel needs to be talked about. And it's taken us a while to do an episode like this because, you know, even for us, it's hard to talk about the first little while while our partners were um, in rehabilitation.
0: Mm hmm. So both Brooke and I have noticed a massive influx in messages from our, our listeners, um, from our members on our Instagram group and our private discussion group on Facebook. Um, basically, the question is always, how the hell do you survive the first few months in rehab when your partner just sustain a
1: spinal cord injury. Um, so we get this question so often, hey. So often. And it's like we wanted to do an episode that we're discussing amongst each other, our perspectives of how we handled rehab. And also, it's been years since our partners have been in rehab, Elena, it's been almost five, Mm -hmm. ours has been over six now. And we've learned a lot. And so we wanted to do this podcast directed towards women that are freshly in rehab with their partners, they may still be in hospital, they may be towards the end of their rehab stay. But just to talk about the fact that you're not alone and there are women that are here for you and who have sh- these shared experiences that we can all learn from. And we've learned a lot along the way. Right, Elena? Mm-hmm.
0: One of the biggest I think you and I talk about this often is one of the biggest, um, I guess, shockers. Through your rehab was the living room. And don't get us wrong, like, we're so thankful for GF Strong here in Vancouver, which is our area um, rehab center, and for all the staff, all the nurses. Um, through, you know, all the OTPT, the sexual health clinicians, the mental health clinicians, like we're very thankful and grateful for that. But there is this one, one room in particular in rehab that towards the end of your stay, um, months down the road, when you first sustain your injury, there is a living room and this living room is to simulate a night at home. Um, When you first get home, what a night together would look like without the practitioners, without the nurses, the doctors. And Brooke and I had always talked about how so haunting that one night was there for us. And we always... Like to reiterate that that is not real
1: life. So (laughs) I'm sure that every and I'm sure that there's that kind of room for every kind of hospital like where it's so basically what it is, it's a room in the spine ward, the rehab center that nurses don't help you. It's, it has a TV. It has a joint um, double bed for you and your partner to sleep in. Um, it, it's like kind of simulating an apartment. There's a little fridge. There's a roll-in bathroom. And it's just you, when you go into the, quote, living room, you're left alone for 24 hours unless you really, really need help. And then there's mm-hmm. nurses that are just around the corner to help you, but they don't come and actively help you and your partner. So basically all the stuff that you've learned while being at rehab with your partner, you get to do. And I remember like our experiences were so similar Elena. like where we, I remember we got takeout, we rented a movie, we had my mom and my brother come and visit us for a couple hours and we were just kind of free from the nurses. And then kind of throughout the night, the what happened throughout the night was like insane. It was like so uncomfortable. The mattress was so sweaty. I wanted the mattress down. He wanted the mattress up. It was like one of those like joint beds that raise the, the yes, heads raised exactly. up. <laughs> and so it was like, like
0: one goes up, then the other yes. goes up.
1: Everybody wakes up, you have to sit up with your caffeine. Then oh my both God. of you are up. <laughs> And you're like falling all over the place like you're the lighting in there is horrible. So you turn on the lights like neon lighting. And it was just like the experience of that first night was just like horrendous. And I remember waking up in the morning and just looking at Evan and being like, is this gonna be what our life is like, like, I, I barely slept.
0: You know what happened to us? We actually didn't do takeout and any of that stuff. We ended up going to a hockey game. It was like an outing. Uh, I think oh, it was that's a hockey cool. game. And we, yeah. And it was like Dan's first time like having a beer after months because we weren't really sure like how your, your body would, would take it. Anyways, we got back and Dan had a fever. So all night I was like, ah, trying to like care for him. He was like sweating. We had to give him Tylenol, all this stuff. And then finally, in the wee hours of the morning, we actually were able to go back to the to our regular room, to his regular room and have the nurses take over because it was like his fever was. Yeah, his fever was pretty intense. So around four o'clock in the morning, we ended up going back. And that uh, was like, shit, like if this, this is what our life looks like from now on, like we we got to be prepared. Like, you know, it kind of it was good, though, because it was like you have to be able to understand that things won't always go perfectly, that there are so many moments throughout um, the first couple months especially that you know you kind of have to like have a lot of room for error and for things just to go sideways and just be able to be like okay cool like this is happening what are the necessary steps that we take in order to uh, you know have a smooth sailing for us of the night like for instance there are many 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 accidents that happened for the first while. Like I remember when we were first out of GF strong and we were in our own apartment, um, forgetting to close like the valve on the leg bag, the night bag, and like waking up with like a puddle of pee surrounding the bed, you know, stuff like that, like rookie error. I just forgot to close the valve. He was in bed. So he's like voiding into the, into the condom cath, that is attached to a tube that leads to the bag, which is like, you can, your urine is stored in this bag throughout the night, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and just like forgetting that or like, not even like the, the condom slipping off or anything, but like that, it's like, really yeah, we've all been there.
1: It's terrible. (laughs) You're like, you're going to like check on his like catheter and then you step in a puddle of pee.
0: Yeah. And it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're like, Oh, like this, socks or like him having an accident in bed and you're like I totally will admit that we've done this so many times where it's like you're so exhausted that you're like I'm just gonna put a towel underneath you like I'm gonna sleep for another hour and then we will change everything and shower you when I'm like a little bit more aware a little bit more awake
1: not like the zombie <laughs> exorcist you want to hear a funny story I didn't actually tell you this speaking of rookie mistakes we're six years in and Um, For those who don't know, we're six years into the injury, and we we don't really have that many nighttime accidents anymore, thank God. At the beginning, it was a different story. But it was so bad, Elena. So this was two nights ago. Um, Evan took his, like, sleeping aid. Um And his like, his like, you know, bedtime sleep medicine and I took nothing. I just was like so exhausted that I was like so ready for bed. And what we usually do is like we get him into bed. He I do a catheter on him and then he lets his like penis breathe for a while without the with the condom on. It just lets it air out yes just you know for the skin right for the skin integrity so like he'll set his alarm for usually an hour because that's like the longest he can go without peeing so he set his alarm for an hour And then we were watching Shit's Creek and I was just like zoning out and he was half asleep Best series right now, by the way. Yes. (laughs) So funny. It's just such a good like series before you're going to bed. It's so cute. So we were watching, so we were watching it and, um, his alarm went off and he canceled his alarm. And then normally the process is I get up and put his condom catheter on and his night bag on for the night. And so for some reason, he was literally almost sleeping. He was so tired. I was so tired. We had just traveled the day before, so I was exhausted that I set my alarm and fell asleep, and we both fell asleep. And at 4 a.m., he was like, hey, Brooke, can you – because he was out like a light, and so was I. At 4 a.m., he's like, Brooke, can you check my condom? It kind of feels funny. And I was like, okay. Oh, no. So I wandered over, and I checked, and I was like – oh, your condom's off. And so I turned the light on. I was like, Oh my God, we forgot to put it on. <laughs> oh, like, this is no. like the first time ever that like, neither of us remembered to do that. And it was like, he had like peed the bed, but he had just started peeing like 10 minutes yeah. before that. So it wasn't like a crazy, thank God he didn't have much water before bed. Cause he would have peed the bed the whole night. But it was like, it was just funny to like, have these things happen that are like quote rookie mistakes but it's just like these things always happen to us even like six years on these kind of things still happen so
0: it's life right it's life like like anything in life like life is not perfect and we all know that whether you have an injury or not it's like you have to be prepared to be like okay cool like things might not work out the way I planned today from anything yeah. from like carrying your groceries in the bag like yeah. has a hole in it and groceries go falling everywhere or whatever. Life is like that. So it's like it's I think it's like your perspective though, right? Yeah. Like we always say it's like your perspective and how you deal with what's happening, that is the big the big thing that's gonna basically shape the way you respond to situations that do go sideways in the future.
1: Well, for sure. So. And I think we can all as wags like are thankful for that because all of these like little things that happen that test your patience that makes you frustrated that are sad and make you angry after a while you learn how to like channel those emotions into just kind of shrugging it off and laughing about it and it's hard to get there but once you get there it's really a good skill to have I don't know how you feel about that but
0: yeah learned over time right everything is like We were we're not by any means expert in life or
1: or anything like (laughs) that, or at least I don't feel like Life experts. (laughs) We are life experts. we lifestyle girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny. Um, it's like it definitely is like a a learned process, and it's nice to know that we all go through these kind of things because you know, these things happen with a spinal cord injury. It's a daily battle, and like it is how you deal with it. So like, let's go back to like the first few months of rehab.
0: Yeah. So the very very first thing that I would say and. I, we learned this the hard way is make sure you have all of his medication that they send you home with. You have that filled and ready to go. Um, I know that both of our partners don't really take meds now, but that is like the biggest piece of advice I could give anybody is make sure that wherever your partner's going is set up and ready to go for them. Meaning that they, ha- you have all your like leg bag supplies, your, medications like things that are like really dire to make sure that your partner can like live a day
1: in the life (laughs) yeah and i'm sure like even earlier than that like while he's in rehab learn what these medications are learn why he's taking them learn when he takes them and it just makes the shock of like transitioning going back to your home environment less shocking when you kind of know this stuff already so make sure you're like familiar with when he takes his pills, why? Why does he take them? What, are the, what is the reason? Where Where can you get them from easily in your own hometown? Do you have the prescriptions ready? Those kind of things that makes it so easy to be prepared, right?
0: I think that one thing that we should mention, though, too, is both of us did, um, did leave our jobs when our partners sustained their injuries. So we were able to be there with our partners all the time, right? Not yeah. a lot. Not everybody is able to have that. Um, or can have that. Yeah.
1: And for he those kind of you who who can't do that or who can't observe with your eyes, um, you can get reports from your doctor before they're discharged, just with an outline of like what his medications are and why, and just familiarize yourself with that so that you know where to get it from ahead of time. So you're not running around with like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to make sure he has the medications that he really needs. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Um, I also think about like myself when my partner was in rehab, I constantly felt like I was running on an extreme amount of adrenaline. And like, I constantly was like, like I would wake up and my heart rate would be really high. I would be like, I was clearly under a lot of stress because it's the unknown, right? Like you don't know what your life's going to look like. You don't know where to turn. You don't have anyone to talk to about it. And it's just like, what are you going to do and it's that unknown that just like makes you almost crazy. I was mm-hmm. so like emotionally reactive to people. I was I had like a very short fuse. I didn't want to be like separated from my partner for too long or else I would cry because I just felt like I could fix him if I was around and I could help him if I was around. And so I think it's really important for like all the new wags out there right now to just understand that these feelings are normal. You're going to feel very different than how you normally felt. Give yourself a break. I was so hard on myself. I, when my partner left rehab, I was like, okay, I need to bounce back and to be the perfect girlfriend, and I need to make sure that everything's going well. And I took so much on my own shoulders. It's so much pressure, and it makes the stress even worse. And then, not to mention the little fights every now and then about like tr- when you're trying to adjust to your new life with your partner, you're trying to get on a new level of communication. It's just so stressful on both parties. I just feel like in general, these women need to just give themselves a break, not necessarily a physical break, but more like a mental break, right? Like just not being so hard on yourself is so huge, I find. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I actually have a pretty good story. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly with anybody, I think I have said, like I've shared it with you before, but anyways, I have a really good story for you guys around what Brooke is talking about around, um, you know, the spiral spiral that is SCI and being a way of SCI. Um, basically what had happened to me was, um, as a lot of, you know, Dan's accident happened overseas. It happened in Cuba, a socialist country with, um, really good healthcare, like, Anyways, I don't want to get into the details, but we were basically in a huge whirlwind of of staying in a hospital that looked like something out of a horror movie, even though they were doing the very best that they could. So when we finally got back to Canada, um, we... I packed up the house with the help of Dan's um, family. We put it for sale. Basically, I just wasn't sleeping between going between um, rehab and being with Dan all day and then dealing with everything else that life has for you, like paying your mortgage, making sure that you have some sort of insurance. If you have insurance, it happened to that right away. And what does your life look like when you're not working and all that stuff? So I wasn't sleeping and it was, what was it? I think it was like the day before Valentine's day. So my doctor prescribed me a medication for sleep because they were like, okay, you need to get some sleep. What, what do you do? And I was, I was kind of, I, I was pretty suspicious about it because I didn't want to add medications onto like what was going on. So this is not something that I would recommend, but it is a good story for anybody who would like a good story right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I took this medication called Zopaclone. I think it was called Zopaclone. And my doctor prescribed it to me. Um, I took it. I was studying. I sent down a photo of just like, hey, babe, that's what I'm doing. I had my books out. I think I had like some colors. I was going to do some coloring. I was watching um, a show. I was in my PJs and my slippers. And, and he was like, okay, good night. I'm going to bed. He was in rehab. And anyway, so I took this pill and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And I had already done all my meal prepping to bring him. I think I made him like some fish and like some, some quinoa salad or whatever to bring the following morning to rehab for him. So I took the pill, I go to bed and I guess after I went to bed, I spent the remainder of my evening completely out of it, like sleepwalking. I I walked all around the apartment. Oh my god! I <laughs> ate all the food that I had prepared for him. I ate all of it, and then it was like enough for like a few days. Oh I my ate god! It all. And then I continued to go on my on my cell phone and call Dan's parents. It was around three or four a.m. Called Dan's parents. His dad answered. And he said, "Alina, is everything OK? Like, of course, we're all kind of like in that trauma stage still. Like, is Dan OK? What's going on? Why are you calling us at three or four in the morning, basically? But they didn't say that. They're like, "Alina, is everything OK? And I said, oh my God. yeah, everything's. And I I didn't say it in this voice. It was more like this. I'm so tired. (laughs) Oh my God. And I kept on repeating that. I'm just so tired. Like that. (laughs) And so his dad was like, holy shit what's going on? Think like what's happening right now? Are you okay? And I remember his dad, I remember this one like vague, vague memory, like in my deep sleep mode of him being like, did you have anything to drink? And I said, no, I should have a glass of wine is what (laughs) I said back to him. And then I guess I must have hung up the phone. I have no idea what happened. Oh my God. So then And then I vaguely, this is months and months down the road, I had more memories of what happened that night. But so the next morning I wake up and it's like 1 p.m. And I'm like, oh, my God, I like I should have been I should have been at rehab. Like I usually showed up at like 9 a.m. first thing. And I was like, holy crap, how did I sleep until 1 p.m.? Wow. That pill must have really knocked me out. I think like I don't even know if I had a good sleep. I was so groggy. I was so out of it. So then I got myself ready. I got put myself together. I was like, you know, put on like some makeup, make yourself look like nothing happened, like you feel fine. I didn't want Dan to know that I was feeling really like crappy. So I show up to rehab, and Dan is there, and he is like, babe, are you okay? And he's got the flowers. I guess he left rehab, went and got some flowers for me. Um, got like all these little cakes and things for Valentine's Day. And I was like, Yeah, I'm okay. I was like, I'm really sorry I'm late. Like, is every like are, is everything okay here? Did I miss something? And he's like, Are you sure you're okay? And I was like, Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I be? So then, um, I was like, why is everybody acting so weird? His parents were there and everything. And everybody was like, kind of like looking at me. And he was like, look at your phone. And I was like, (laughs) what's wrong with my phone? And then I kind of like got this like flushed look like, oh my God, what did I like? What's wrong with my phone? So I looked at my phone and my phone was covered in text messages and phone calls and FaceTimes that I had made in my deep sleep to basically my entire contact list of people and it was gibberish oh
1: my god
0: it was absolute nonsense some were words some were letters some were like I repeated to FaceTime 10 times on like repeat like (gasps) dial 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 the same person over and over again and we're talking like from 3 a.m forward till like about 6 7 a.m. until I finally there was no more communication on my phone. Oh my
1: god, it's like everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> so what is the lesson to be learned oh, from this? Make well, sure that you get sleep. <laughs> it's like worse than like drunk
0: texting your ex-boyfriend. Like this is like a whole other level of like just pure humiliation. <laughs> so Anyway, so then, yeah, so I looked at my phone and I just like, I almost fainted. I just couldn't even believe it. And then, a few, honestly, like a couple years down the road, I started to get flashbacks of that night, what actually happened. After, so after that happened, I went to my doctor and I said, listen, this is what happened to me. I guess I was like messaging all these people and I don't know if this is the safest drug to take and why did you prescribe it to me? Like, I had a lot of questions over safety mostly, too, right? And so I did some research myself online and it said some of the side effects were sleepwalking, sleep driving, what? Sleep driving. Oh my and gosh. A few years down the road, I had some memories of driving and I don't know if this is true or this is just like, you know, how your brain makes up like the story in your head Yeah. was I was driving and somebody honked because I almost crashed into them going the wrong way. So the moral of this crazy, crazy story is that it's so important to deal. I know things go crazy, get crazy in rehab. It's so important to get a proper therapist, to get some sort of mental health provider or service. Brooke and I were talking about this earlier, how I feel like we kind of fell through the cracks with this. We didn't have any sort of mental health. We didn't have any sort of like intake form being like, how are you feeling? Do you need support? How can we hook you up with a therapist? Um, That, that for me was like, you know, a quick fix was like, yeah, okay, I'll take this pill.
1: Yeah. And, and And we hear that a lot, don't we, in the group, like people just taking pills to fix it and it doesn't really fix anything. I mean, if you absolutely need it, then yeah, of course, like do what your doctor tells you to do. But like, not sleeping over an extended period of time will definitely catch up to you and it'll make you delirious. And then you don't want to like, go that route. You turn route. into a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. You Into a zombie.
0: Like I was like, this is not even like, this is, it was a horrible feeling. It was like equivalent to what I assume like staying up partying for a few days was like, but you're just like, yeah. you're just dragging yourself around and like you're driving, you're oh my going God. to stores, you're Scary. organizing things, you're doing all these things. Like, it's like, it's crazy. So yeah. So ever since then, um, I've also like developed the habit of like eating at nighttime, sometimes in my sleep, sometimes not. Um, Sometimes by choice, because I just want a cookie and I blame it on sleepwalking.
1: But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Emotional you know. eating by choice. <laughs> right? No, it's so. true. And like no, well, I think like like just sharing that story is really important because women need to know these crazy things happen at times when your life is just kind of chaotic and in shambles and it's not just your partner that is in chaos. It's us too. In response to the mental health thing, I know we've talked about this so many times and we're working on changing this is, uh, mental health isn't taken as seriously as it should be just across the board. Um, I personally think that every single person that has an SCI and their partners should be given a proper consultation with a licensed therapist or a psychiatrist, and you should have access to mental health support, especially in today's day and age when literally mental and emotional support is so important. It, like... It's just when a trauma like this happens to you, you have to find a way to talk to somebody. It's so important. If I could literally shake the head of myself, I'd be like, listen, girl, go to a therapist, invest in yourself. You have to talk to somebody that deals with this because you'll end up doing things that are just unhealthy for you mentally and emotionally,
0: right? that's the thing I think like the moral of that story is like if you're not if you don't have the proper tools and you don't have the proper support and you're unable to deal with the things that are in your head that they will your body will physically force it to act out physically Like it it will make you respond through the physical if you can't deal with it at like a very subconscious or like you know that that level of just like okay there's something going on here and that's what I did that's basically what I did was like hey there's something going on here but I'm okay hey there's something going on here but I'm still gonna shove those feelings aside and keep going and going and going and going and this is not at all like. I've shared the story with Dan many times and this is not at all in any way here to make him feel bad. It's the fact that like, we've said it, it's not just fluffy words. It's like take care of your mental health and do it when you can from like as quickly as you can set up a system, get help. If you, if you don't know how to get help, talk to us, email us, we will hook you up with somebody. We will do the research for you at this point and find somebody that you can talk to. And I think that is the basis for this group. Overall, the WAGs of SCI group is here because it gives you an avenue. It allows you to hop online from the comfort of your home, from the privacy of your home or from the privacy of your rehab if you're there with your partner and just talk to somebody. Right? Yeah. I know it sounds so cliche when people are like, just talk to somebody. Yeah. But seriously, just talk it out. Talk to somebody. And by no means, we are not here to judge you. I have, I have a whole heap of other stories I'm sure I could <laughs> share with you that you would be like, holy shit, this girl's crazy. But we're here to basically share our our thoughts, our experiences, because... It's across the board. Everybody's got something that I'm sure we would love to hear about too. Well,
1: Elena, I think we can both say with 100% confidence that we were both crazy back then. Like I can honestly say I was crazy in a way. Like whatever crazy means to you, what crazy means to me is like, I was unstable emotionally. I was unstable mentally. I had no idea the kind of outlets I needed to express myself. I felt like I was put in the background. I felt like my problems did not matter at all because he was the injured person. I felt like nobody wants to hear how I'm struggling. But I also, it was like a denial. Like I was in denial. I literally, for about the first year and a half, I was like, I'm fine. I don't need help. I'm good. And I remember my mom saying to me like, Brooke, like, you're really reactive. And like, Brooke, you're really like, you have a short fuse and like myself and my partner were fighting and it's just, you know, it comes out in in different ways, even when you think you're okay. So like, I would say the whole point of this podcast is to like, really attend to your own mental and emotional needs as soon as humanly possible, even when you think, you know, I'm fine, I'm good. And like, you know, to speak about the private group, it's like, Let's just say you don't have the resources in your community to attend to your own mental and emotional health. Let's just say you don't have the funds. Let's just say you don't have that available at your rehab or hospital center nothing is available. Come to the private group and talk to women who have been there because we're not therapists. We're not licensed to give you any advice, but we can share our experiences based on what how we felt at the time. And it'll help. Right. It'll help you because it'll help you to, f- to realize that you may be crazy now, but it's not going <laughs> to last forever. Right. Well, and, and that's the best way that, I mean, this is how Brooke and I learned the reason
0: we began this group was because we bounced ideas off of each other when we met each other from any, anything from like, Hey, I'm out of supplies to, Hey, we had a, an, uh, an accident last night, whether it was like a physical accident, like, like I always say, like falling out of the chair, Dan doesn't actually fall out of his chair this often. I just bring it up all the time. Um, or like a bowel accident or something like that, or even just like that support, like you, so you, If you need a hug, if you need somebody to listen to, if you need a Zoom call, obviously don't hug right now. It's COVID-19. But, um, you know, if you need that extra support, the best way to go about it is by speaking to somebody who really gets it, who really knows what you're going through, or at least kind of knows what you're going through. I remember specifically, I've told you this story before, too. Driving home one night, it was after a meeting that we had, had at rehab with uh the doctors basically they tell you your level and whether you're going to recover and like it's kind of like the bad news meeting but it's like it's so important to have and I remember everybody in the room was crying I remember passing out tissues to Dan's family when they were like so is he is he gonna walk and they were like well no and um I remember that that night I said to Dan you know like You know, today, let's just go back to your room. Let's just like order some pizza. Let's just like watch movies. Let's lie in bed. We'll cry. We'll do whatever we need to do to grieve in the moment. But then tomorrow we're going to get up and work really, really hard at going down to the gym and doing what we can to you know start strengthening it was like we were brand new and I remember specifically driving home after that meeting he went to bed and I remember thinking in my head wow I I myself truly have no one to talk to I don't want to talk to my friends I don't want to talk to my family I don't want to talk to anybody because as much support as people do provide and do their best to provide they don't really get it and nobody did get it that it's almost like you know when you tell somebody bad news you kind of feel like you have to be responsible for their reaction to the bad news too and I was like I just don't have it in me right now and I, I just don't have it in me to like console or like comfort whoever I'm sharing my news with i feeling like alone yeah so so that was like that was like a huge point in my life was being able to talk to somebody who was like, you know, I, I'm here to listen. And maybe the best was like, not even like, not even having somebody offer their opinion, but just be like, yeah, that really sucks
1: like well, those yeah
0: the best moments is like let it out girl I remember that at that time I took on smoking skinny menthol cigarettes yeah which is like something that I can't even possibly imagine in my life right now for me I'm not a smoker at all
1: but anything I was looking for anything just to kind of like get it out you know well it's good that it, the thing is is people don't really know what to say I like I remember my best friend Amelia used to like Come on her days off. She used to come to the hospital, the rehab hospital, when Evan was doing one of his OT appointments or PT appointments, and I didn't necessarily need to be there for it. She would come and pick me up because she knew that like, I didn't really want to leave for too, too long. And she'd come pick me up and we'd go and drive along one of the main streets downtown, just drive up and down, listening to like really loud Mariah Carey music. And we would just laugh and she would try and make me laugh. And it's those times that are like so special because you realize that you don't Like you said, you don't necessarily want an opinion of how to deal with it because no one knows. No one knows how to deal with this, right? There's no no, no manual for SEI. There's there's no no manual. manual. And people don't know what to say, right? So they you know, the best thing to do is just take advantage of those little times where you can clear your head and make yourself try and make yourself laugh and try and make yourself do something that kind of separates you. Even if it is for 10 minutes, go to a park, sit there and listen to some music that'll make you feel happy and try and tell yourself that like, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel like Mm -hmm. you're never going to be the same because you won't be the same. But There are. And try not to feel guilty doing all these things as well. It's okay to leave rehab
0: and not be with your partner. you know, that was strong for yourself. So, so you can be strong for them and for yourself. So you got to take care of yourself to be strong altogether, right? You are, a lot of us are the primary caregivers for our partners. And even if you're not, it's like, you are the other half of that relationship that you want to be able to be the partner that your partner deserves and vice versa, you know? So yeah. And we talk about this all
1: baby. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time as nurturing personality types and as nurturing women who are kind and strong and want to help, it's really hard to separate yourself sometimes from thinking that you can be the one to fix anything. And I feel like it took me a solid year, year and a half to get out of that mentality of it's my job to fix him and to help him and to protect his emotions. And I want to fix him from going through his grieving process. I want him to feel better. And it's my job. And it's so hard Mm -hmm. as, you know, as caregivers to separate that between like, you're not an emotional punching bag. You're not somebody that is responsible for someone else's emotions. They have to go through their own Grieving process at their own pace. All you can do is love and assist them and support them. You can't change them. You can't speed up their process. You can't speed up your own process. All you can do is just day by day, minute by minute, second by second, try and live mm-hmm. as you want to instead of how you've been told that you should be living, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, you are not Bounty the fixer, quicker, picker, upper remember Bounty the paper towel commercial it's like you're not that you're, you're you are not. not a Bounty strong sheet you are That's more okay. than that you're a wag
1: of STI you're a powerful woman but no, by the way so this
0: podcast fun. is not sponsored by Bounty quicker, quicker or menthol ever.
1: cigarettes or whatever oh, that prescription so pill <laughs> what was that prescription pill not sponsored by Pfizer <laughs> not sponsored by any of Elena's stories or songs either so. No, it's so true. I guess the whole point of this podcast is to just like give women out there who are struggling right now, some kind of community, even when they feel like they have no community, you do have a community and it's waiting for you when you're ready. Um, and it's, it's, if it's just over the podcast for now, it's something we, we've all been there. We know what you're going through. Um, we are there for you virtually We're we are there for you energetically and we feel you and We just want you to know that you are not alone and that you are valid in your feelings. And whatever is happening to you right now, there's a lesson that can be learned in something, even if you don't know what that is yet.
0: Even so much growth, right? You're not going to be, I mean, for us, it's four and a half years. You are not going to be the person that you once were before, nor should you want to. You shouldn't want to stay the same. Life is always changing, um, and evolving and so should you and you will you'll come out stronger I know it sounds like such a cliche thing to say but you will come out stronger in the long run and just roll with it and don't forget to you know make jokes make, you know have fun like yeah it sucks but just try to be a little bit lighthearted. don't be so hard on yourself if you don't show up one day because you're showing up for yourself do that. Do whatever you got to do. There's no guilt attached. And for anybody who would like to join the, the famous private discussion group, it is (laughs) Wags of SCI private discussion group on Facebook. And I know Facebook seems like the thing of the past, but this is a truly great forum. I personally learn a whole heap of information from so many other women new and old to the SCI life. We have a whole range of ages, different walks of life. And I learned so much and I truly value that group. So if you would like to join, make sure you fill out the questions that are provided and we would be happy to have you part of the team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also it's important to note those of you who don't have Facebook, I do not have personal Facebook. I literally just signed up for this private group. So I made an account, I set it to private. I took all the settings away that it's just like, basically I don't exist, but I can, I'm a member of the group so I can go on. And obviously I I moderate the group along with Elena and Heidi and Ashley and Alice. Um, but you don't have to be a participant in the Facebook lifestyle in order to use the group. So I think that's really important to note because it's literally just used for the platform of being able to communicate back and forth. Um, so you don't need to be an active user of Facebook. You can just join. That's right. Right. And for anybody else who's a brand new way
0: going through rehab, this episode of Wags of SEI was specifically created for you. And if you are brand new and you're person- did sustain a personal injury, please remember that we do have a legal resource on our page. Um, Her name is Robin Wishart with Wishart Brain and Spine Law. And you can contact her through our resource page on www.wagsofsei.com. So please feel free to take um, Robin Wishart. And her resources with you along because this life can be crazy and there's nothing like knowing your rights and um taking you know a hold of that yeah and i think it's out. yeah
1: and i think it's really important for listeners to know that we have known robin for t- just over two years now and we have worked so hard to properly vet her and work with her and learn from her prior to um, having her available to the community. So she does a lot of work in the SCI community. She's the first Canadian uh, lawyer to teach um, at Harvard T- University Trial College. Um, and she is just a plethora of information. So she works specifically with spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury, and personal injury cases. And she knows the system. She also has contacts all over north america and internationally through her networks um so she's there as a free resource she will listen to you she'll answer your questions for free um so yeah make sure you head to our website to get in contact with her you can google wishart brain and spine law on google and for everyone out there just a last note if you have any questions for us or you want to talk via zoom or over email, you can email us wags of SCI at gmail.com. We are available pretty much 24 seven to chat with you and advocate for you and just be there for you. If you need someone to talk to, um, we did not have this when we were going through the rehab process as did a lot of our members, right? So it's really important to know that we are there for you. Even if you want to just come on and cry about something, you know, we're there. If you need a friend, <laughs> you can lean on us. That's
0: another one of Elena Jingle Singles. Um, the album single. will be coming out end of this month. Anyways.
1: If you want to hear more of Elena's really- singing, you can also email us.
0: That's right. And I will record a personal Jingle <laughs> Single for you. Um, but seriously, though we are here for you please feel free as you can tell we're pretty goofy we really want this community to continue to grow and be there for you so once again thank you very much for spending the time with us today and allowing us to be a part of your lives for the last I don't know 45 minutes so thank you very much for tuning in to the Wags of SEI podcast with your hosts Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget have an incredible week ahead and cheers cheers and outreach group Wags of STI
1: is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, Please visit our
0: website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags
1: of SCI Go Fund page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.